Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, uh, uh, editor of PW Comics World. Uh, well, excuse me, senior uh, senior news editor of Publishers Weekly, editor of PW Comics World, and editor of the fanatic PW's uh, twice a month comics and pop culture newsletter. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. All right, I've only said that about 10,000 times, but I, I, you know, there you go. I didn't get it completely right. Uh, uh, we're, we're living in extraordinary times. Uh, and so I'm, I'm reaching out to talk with someone I've talked with before, but, uh, I can't wait to talk to him a little bit now. That's Tim Fielder, uh, a, an extraordinary comics artist, um, animator, uh, you know, uh, retro Afrofuturist. We talked about that before. We'll talk about it a little bit more. Tim, uh, welcome back to more to come. Thank you so much, Kevin. You are a joy, and uh, uh, you get us through these times, man. Thank you so much. Uh, and vice versa. Um, you know, uh, uh, we're living in amazing times now. Uh, I'm talking about the, the pandemic that we're living through, but I'm also talking about, obviously, the transformation in public opinion around um, Black Lives Matter, how that amazing uh, movement uh, that started as a hashtag – uh, by three extraordinary uh, women, uh, three extraordinary black women have transformed the landscape. Uh, the the tragic death of George Floyd and the nation's, the world's response to it. Um, uh, but also, you know, art, making art. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, I sort of have a list of stuff to talk about, but you get my feeling. Uh, we're living in times that are yeah. so momentous. Uh, I almost don't know where to start. <laughs> uh, but I right. will, um, I'll start like this. How are you? I am uh, um, managing fairly well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, 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 my mileage uh, varies <laughs> from day to day. Sure. But uh, it, it is, uh, we are in these, um, it's been a, it's been a heck of a last 20 years, hasn't it, man? It's uh, just one thing after the other, uh, just, you know, going from a black president. It's been a heck of the last three this. months, but go, but go on. Yeah, yeah. So it is, it is that type of thing where, you know, we're living through history and we're always living through history because time is history, mm-hmm. but we're living through massive societal changes and they're all beautiful. And as an artist, those things affect you and they affect you personally. They affect you professionally. And, uh, I, you know, I once was in a panel that actually you were moderating at, uh, book expo about mm-hmm. two years back. And they asked me, I, uh, you know, they were talking about how things were. And I said, Oh, things are great. It, things are getting better. Of course, some people were like, Oh, what does he mean? You know, mm. horrible. And because the me too thing had just really sure. connected. And, and I said it's better because we're actually dealing, we're dealing with that. That's and, that, and you know it's not going to be easy, but we're we're going to a period where we're actually able to deal. We're trying to deal with it, and they, they have that's a very painful thing. Uh, but it, it's happening, and, and it's uh, we are we are as a society. I think we have a real shot to be better. Yeah, in some ways, um, a, a shot that, you know, even optimists like me might not have mm-hmm. accepted, uh, uh, shortly. What, 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 ha- what's happening recently, 
Um, uh, I mean, the, the pandemic uh, obviously brought out one mm-hmm. level of survivalist mentality, but mm-hmm. uh, the Black Lives Matter movement uh, and its um, it, it, its rise over the last few years and its transformation of American society, um, what in the last seven days, really has. Yes. Um, well, it's made you, it's made you reevaluate, um, I guess, what you think about America. I mean, I think that's a constant project for most black people in this country. Constantly yeah, reevaluating you know, your relationship to your own country. That's right. For, for a huge segment of the population, uh, this is like the end times for folks. Yes. But for black people, you know, I mean, this is bad, but this is not slavery. Yeah. So yes. We've had it worse. You yes. Know, we, we, we've had it worse. Yes. We've had it yes. worse. This is, this is, this is merely an inconvenience and a, 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 a process. It's like going to therapy. You know, there's, there are those uncomfortable conversations, those uncomfortable, that uncomfortable processing of trauma that has to be done to, to get yourself in a, 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 a space where you can be better. And yeah. that's really the most amazing thing about the experiment is that despite flaws and the, the, the horrible errors of this country that is all the way back to its origins, it's that experiment that it has the ability to constantly flirt. And I use the word flirt. Because sometimes we, very often we can't do it, but we flirt with self-awareness. Yes. That's the thing that makes this country so interesting. Uh, and with uh, the BLM and what's happening, uh, I, I, of course, three weeks ago, it was like, okay, this is, uh, you know, two and a half weeks ago. Well, I don't know, because, of course, at that time, we were just dealing with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. how quaint, you know. <laughs> and now, the way that man was killed, uh, George Floyd. Yes. Uh, I've talked with, with colleagues before. The, the thing that made that particular was that it was in slow motion. It was happening in real time Yes, over eight and a half minutes. Yes. And you could see that life slowly drain out of him. And as a result of that, it was essentially a lynching. Oh, without a doubt. It was indefensible. It, it, was, it was a modern-day lynching that was caught in real time and the callousness of the officer uh, and the kind of casual nature of the surrounding officers yeah. and the, the pleading of the people in the, the background. Ple- like, Yo. The pleading of the onlookers who were begging yeah. them to let the guy up. It, 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 just hearing you describe it again mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. brings such an emotional response. It's, it's almost mm-hmm. impossible not to just want to just scream out again. Yeah. Why, why would you do that? And it happens all the time. Yes. That's the thing. We, you know, as Will Smith says, is you know, this isn't new. It's just that it's being recorded. So yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, absolutely. and so right now, uh, where we are uh, as a as a society, 
we're in the equivalent, and I just, it's not the same, but the equivalent of the Me Too space, mm-hmm. where, thank God, it's now bad to be a, a, a open racist. Yeah. Remember last, yeah. last three years, people could do anything. And yeah. Like, Man, you're and, and, and even more. Now, you can lose And also that it's that you can pretend that open <laughs> racists aren't, aren't working you aren't working right next to them every day. That op- that that right. racism racism lives in in our in some of our most hallowed institutions, uh, and That's they're right. doing damage every day. You cannot carry uh, tiki torches anymore. You can't pretend to. Oh, let me put my foot on my son's neck and take a photo and post it on Instagram because mm-hmm. you will lose your job. You will lose your business. You will lose yeah. your place in society and, 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 and your reputation, you know, uh, will be ruined. And thank God. Thank God for that. And, and if you I know, may I, throw one other thing in here, you, we, uh, the powers that be can no longer say that kneeling, you know, the ultimate, almost universal gesture mm-hmm. of submission and peace somehow mm-hmm. means something other than what the uh what we have been saying that it has meant for years in that this is our most respectful form of protest but we are protesting and we're saying no longer will this be allowed when mm-hmm. Roger mm-hmm. Goodell and I'm not saying this that this validates anything but it does sort of give us a mark of where we are when you can have uh, you know Roger Goodell and I mean I, mm-hmm. I just grab some Bizarre name out of the future saying that Black Lives Matter, Milt Romney, Mitt Romney, for instance, mm-hmm. saying mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter, um, it, it, it shows that the world has gone through an amazing transformation. Mm-hmm. And that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Gary, but wonderful. It is. Because I have three kids that are grown now, but they're, you know, they're young and young adults, and two of them are black boys. Uh, I'm sorry, they're not boys, they're men. I have mm-hmm. to get myself out of that. <laughs> that's right, you're the dad. It's okay, you can slip into it <laughs> occasionally, know, I know. You know. That's your boys, you know. dad. <laughs> yes, those are my guys. But those they're, but they're men, too. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, those are my guys, and, and I need them to be safe uh, because, you know, the one thing I was knock on wood successful in it is is in turning them into professional blurs. One is a filmmaker and the oh, other is a programmer. Okay. Uh, game designer and you know you have that fantasy yeah i want my kids to to give to the world something in pop culture that people can have fun and we can do these things and show adventure and science (laughs) fiction and that's what they do and it's like don't hurt them my guys are the most harmless people in the world don't hurt them leave them alone that's right send them more black nerds out into the world you know what i you can come for me i got all kinds of issues but my boys leave them alone you know all right well look let me just make sure let me make sure everybody knows who i'm talking i just want to make sure everyone knows i'm talking with tim fielder Author of Maddie's Rocket, um, and in fact, if you really want to know, we're going to talk about it, but if you really want to know more about Maddie's Rocket, go to More to Come Podcast 304, where we talk about it in great detail. But you are also the author of Infinitum, brand new graphic novel that will be coming out in January uh, of 2021, if I'm not mistaken. I think it got pushed back a little bit. Um, yes, it did. Mm-hmm. Yes, it did. But and, you just uh, finished you, it. Um, and I did. Published by Amistad Press, uh, a, 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 an anomaly among, um, 
Mainstream New York publishers, one of the oldest, not the oldest, uh, uh, big New York City uh, trade publishing house focused on African-American and multicultural life. Just want to get that in there. Right. Yes. And uh, as always, you know, uh, uh, I, I have such great respect for you, to, to, uh, great respect for you. I always have to save a scoop for you. Infinitum has a, a, a subtitle now. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, it's Infinitum. Mm-hmm. The title remains an Afrofuturist tale. Cool, okay. Uh, and we, because we wanted to really expand it out, and of course, the pandemic has has mm-hmm. moved everything into this interesting space. I mean, understand at this time, I was supposed to be on advanced book tour. Sure, I was supposed to be talking at you know book uh, events. Mm-hmm. You know, I was ready. You know, I was at that time, you know, not as sexy as I was three months ago, you know, you know, because, sure. you know, you have time or you know, everybody's gotten a little rounder over the last four months. Like, <laughs> That's uh, you I never leave your house. Tour. That's what happens. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was supposed to be on tour. I was supposed to be doing uh, many, many different mm-hmm. interviews and all of that was offended. So that affected the book was supposed to be out in what? Two months. Yeah. You know, was, you know, the, and now it's 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 January, and that's okay. I don't mind that because we'll see where we are at that time. But mm. uh, uh, yeah, I feel so proud to to be doing the books that I've done. I have a, for lack of a better term, term a kind of Tim Fielder brand of doing these big, fully rendered books with Maddie and Infinitum, and uh, mm. uh, this has given me more time to to figure out what that's going to be now and into the future. Well, look, I, 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 I want you to just tell our listeners of just a little bit about Infinitum and, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, I'm teasing them because, uh, I really want mm-hmm. us to, to really have a, a sit down conversation about this book in, in, you know, much closer to publication date. So we'll do this again, like, you know, in December or something. But I do want um, uh, people to know about this because as we talk about um, Black Lives Matter, which we'll talk more about it later, I think that, uh, I mean, making black lives, uh, making people pay attention to black lives, making black lives um, tangible and visible in all of their, uh, their, their extreme uh, range and beauty and complexity, uh, uh it, that happens in many cases through storytelling, and I think uh, you've put together really an extraordinary example of black storytelling. Uh, black storytelling matters. Uh, so maybe you could tell us a little bit just about the, the core theme of Infinitum and mm-hmm. Afrofuturist tale. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I'll say this. Uh, you know, it's so interesting because you, you're asking that question and I'm like, wow, you, have you ever created something that you, it meant one thing, but then the circumstances change while you, it's coming into being and all of a sudden it becomes even more about that? Yeah. I'll explain mm-hmm. what I mean. Interesting. Yeah, please do. Uh, infinitum was done specifically to address the high mortality rates of black characters in speculative fiction. Mm-hmm. Why does the black man have to die? Mm-hmm. Why does why is the black woman not even present? And I wanted to do a story that would deal with all of these different things in black speculative fiction, mm-hmm. right? 
and it's done specifically about a man who has a problem with dying. He can't, mm-hmm. right? And now here we are in this time where our subject matter has already over the last few years or decade been coming to the forefront and coming into ascension in a more public way. It's always been around. Mm-hmm. But now we're dealing with a person who can see all of those things that we're living through right now. Yeah. And it's so amazing. I, some of that was not intentional, but oh my mm-hmm. goodness, I, I, just, I, I, just, <laughs> I didn't mean to be that on the nose. I'm like, oh my God, you know. But that's what Infinitum uh, and Afrofuturist Tale is. And um, I'm proud to have done mm-hmm. it. Really, really am. You could say it's the, uh, it's you have immortalized this, oh, this, this character, this, wow. this thing, this thing that is black storytelling, um, uh, the black storytelling presence. Oh my goodness. Can I use that? Anytime. <laughs> and no royalties. You got that? it. I give it to you. And I, you oh don't my even, God. You don't like, even have to give me a finder's fee. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, that is what, yeah. Oh. I, this is this is almost this is not an interview. This is a therapy session. All right, so but yeah, that is that is what is going on. That, I don't know how else I can say it, right. but that's it. And um, you know, I wanted to do something that looked a certain way. I mean, I won't go into the story, but mm-hmm. I wanted to do something where we could have people that look like you, mm-hmm. look like me, that were fully rendered. Yes. Well, you know, that's what you do. <laughs> Thank you. Thank that's you. That what is you what do. I do. Thank you. That is what I do. And and I've had to accept that, you know, I wish I was faster. You know, uh, what is it? The, the There's been uh, two interesting conversations going online. I don't know if this gets off subject. No, but uh, one of my colleagues, Sean, Sean Martin, bro, sure. put up a post. There was an article written about the conflict between writers and artists in comics. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I commented on it, but I, what, what was interesting to me was I'm a writer and artist Mm -hmm. and so glad that I do that because I like control just like anybody, but I have a vision that I want to bring into being and being able to both create a written narrative and a visual narrative allows me to hit my vision much more closely. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I really don't, I have no squabble with, with any writer or, or, or artist, you know, I, I just want to be able to do my work. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is, uh, this publishers, uh, the writers thing where they're talking about salaries and stuff. It's so interesting to see the disparity between black writers and white writers. Uh-huh. Uh, that is, it's, we're just going through change in every, sector uh, of our lives our careers uh technology mm-hmm. is changing i mean we're on zoom that's crazy mm-hmm. yeah you know? yeah you know? well it's, it's, it's interesting so, the point you make because this that indeed also along with because i did see some of the discussion around the uh the um uh, the different experiences of writers and and mm-hmm, artists mm-hmm. and as always there, there's also a public problem where i think very often mm-hmm. the public downplays the artist's role if that mm-hmm. can if you mm-hmm. can really imagine that in bringing um yes. a, a work of comics art uh to fruition uh whereas there's very very often writers are 
in some ways overcredited with the the um, with the final impact of a work. When really the, I mean, the whole notion of comics is this extraordinary collaboration between words and pictures, and very often mm-hmm. between writer and artist when there are two separate entities. But also the pay industry, I see the pay issue has been an issue on Twitter also. Yeah, it's, it's, it, I guess I'll put it to you this way. For me, in trying to, to, to provide value, for other people who might be listening, uh, there is profit in growth. There's profit in growth. Mm-hmm. And having that information out there allows our society to grow. So, yes, I agree. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, artists, what artists do can be downplayed. And, you know, let's be frank, Alvin, we had it coming. Because when I was younger, when I started my mm-hmm. career, the first stage of my comics career, which went from 87 to like uh, uh, 98 when mm-hmm. I got out just after the crash, mm-hmm. well, artists were considered on top and writers were considered second class. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So now I'm Charlton Heston coming back <laughs> to Earth, but not realizing it and seeing the Statue of Liberty. And I'm like, you know, you did it. <laughs> and it really, that's, that's a petty thing. That's a petty thing. Yeah. It's like the thing I love about graphic novels, and yes, there are functionally comics, but the 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 area or the the graphic novel form, I should say, is that it allows us. You can define your own path, and you are not defined by the 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 system of the direct sales market, which has its own problems. I think yes. you can agree. Yes, yes. You know, graphic novels are bigger. It allows for more voices, allows for bigger stories sure. that are completed. And I think that is a, that is such a wonderfully liberating thing. And if and, I can, if uh, I could just jump in, because what you're talking about is mm-hmm. the book format. And this is not to knock yes. the classic American comic book. Uh, the the mainstay of the direct market uh, because direct market shops sell books also, but um, mm-hmm. the book format that is the graphic novel. It's a format, and That's that right. has been a transformative. Um, uh, it's been a it's been transformative, I think, to the whole uh, category. Anyway, sorry for uh, yeah, but just to no, define it very clearly. You're one thousand percent correct, man. It's 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 liberating. Mm-hmm. Uh, heck, I've bought more graphic novels over the last three months than I have in years. I mean, uh, Asterius Polyp, Dave Massey, uh, to me is one yes, of my sure. great American a, a masterwork there, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's the newer work. But then I got some old books, the Howard Chaikin, oh, yeah, uh, sure. uh, Source of Heaven, Flowers of Hell, mm. Stars My Destination, Empire with Samuel R. Delaney. The Godfather of Afrofuturism. Mm-hmm. These things are fully painted, fully rendered books, and mm-hmm. oh my God, I can't believe it! Mm-hmm. I've done something as big as that, and I am like so happy about that. Well, you so sure happy have. about that, that that I'm in this forum <laughs> that you know. At least right now, I'm looking over my shoulder. <laughs> you, yeah. you know, at least now I'm being allowed to do that thing I've always wanted to do because. I'll be honest, uh, uh, Calvin. I, you know, I was in the comic book industry, and yeah, I worked for Marvel and mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. But I really had no breakthrough. Mm-hmm. I was barely even a minor. Yeah, you know, I wasn't even a minor 
figure in, in the mm-hmm. mainstream comic book industry because I didn't get that breakthrough. But in graphic novels, it seems like things have changed. And I, I'm a proponent of graphic novels. Well, I there you go. Well, uh, the listeners out there know that's what I do. So, yeah, well, the book mm-hmm. format, uh, and once again, I, because I, I, I don't want this to be interpreted, I do think that the direct market, uh, the direct market has uh, some issues as we move into mm-hmm. a, a whole new stage and in, in how comics reach their readers. Uh, but I, but, mm-hmm. it, but I believe it is adapting and will adapt to this. And what is adapting to it, in my view, is the book trade and the book audience, which is big and it demands, um, it, it demands more than one genre. Uh, mm-hmm. it demands more than one kind of storytelling. Uh, and I yep. think, you know, artists like you, uh, and as well as artists in the superhero range, they're, 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 they're seeing mm-hmm. that there's a vast article of audience out there, uh, for different kinds of storytelling. But, but, but one thing I mm-hmm. wanted, uh, I do want to bring the conversation to is how are you handling, we're going to jump back to the pandemic for a second. How are you handling the pandemic? Mm-hmm. How are you working? I mean, you know, I've been, you know, publishers weekly, uh, had the last day I was in the office was March 11th and mm-hmm. uh, I love my apartment uh, but I've spent these last few months <laughs> not leaving it very often um, uh, now look I'm not you know obviously there's people around the world dealing with a much more dicey situation than I am uh, so I have been very fortunate and lucky how have you uh, handled the pandemic as a working artist as someone just got to get work done Wow, you know, this is going to sound so weird, but this has been one of the most awesome uh, periods for me because the first thing it's done is allowed me to get closer to my family. My parents uh-huh. are here, my brother, you know, so there, every evening there is a big dinner hmm. because you got to feed nine people yeah. in the house. You now, know, you're not in New York here. now because you, you usually live in Harlem, right? I still live in Harlem. Yeah, okay. Cool. I am part of the 425,000 people who fled New York City. Well, well when the yeah, pandemic well, first broke. Well, I mean, you have you have older members of your family that would that are in jeopardy. Yes. Sure. In fact, we're in who jeopardy. Were, you and I are in who jeopardy. Who were with me? Uh huh. Who were with me sure. in New York? We, you know, my brother is a filmmaker. Well, mm-hmm. I have several brothers who are filmmakers, but I'm a graphic novelist. And our parents are in their 80s state with us. They went back and forth, and that was how we cared for them. Sure. But here's this disease that is especially lethal to that, that age group. Sure. And it was like, okay, we got to get them out. So yeah. that's what we end up doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good here. Of course, the weather is ridiculously nice in Georgia, even though there are some other issues with Georgia. We won't go into that. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, it allowed me the first week was just to my brother and I would just stabilize the household, make sure there's security on the household. Cause you know, at that point you're thinking it's going to turn into Mel Gibson in the road. War. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. You know, but then you get to that period and then, uh, okay. So I have expended energy, uh, refining, uh, my equipment set up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have gotten every piece of equipment that will allow me to work faster as I'm moving into Maddie's Rocket books two and three. I love it. We're going to uh, talk about that. On the same <laughs> We're going to talk yep. about that, but go on. <laughs> so that uh, the film thing is so weird because, you know, I, I have these, these siblings who are in the film industry and, you know, and is 
You know, you remember back in the day, it was Infinitum was going to be, we were going to move it towards film first. Because mm-hmm. that was the thing that was easiest. And then all of a sudden, this graphic novel deal mm-hmm. came. Through. Well, Maddie's Rocket, too, right? For- Maddie's Rocket? Well, yeah, exactly. You, you originally exactly. saw it as an animated, uh, an animation yeah. project. Exactly. And, but then all of a sudden, the book deal came through. And that took up a year and a half of, mm-hmm. of intense labor. Sure. And now, because I did that, you know, the streaming thing is back on the table, but much more massively than before because, you know, we're looking at the Plan Bs and the macros and mm-hmm. Amazon and Netflix for it because, I mean, you've seen elements of Infinitum, but it's like a huge, massive, fully painted storyboard. Yeah, it is. Uh, and, yeah, you yeah. know, I, you know, and I don't know how it happened, but now ah. people are starting to respond to it ah. in the film space. So there's some film yeah, interest so in Infinitum, is it? Mm-hmm. I, I was just trying to finish the book, man. <laughs> one like one thing at a time here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I didn't know all of this was going to happen. And mm-hmm. so on that end, you know, uh, I mean, can you imagine uh uh, Idris Elba as the main character in the book. Uh, I, yeah, I don't want to dig some stuff. You, you're you're, <laughs> you you're going to make me get all crazy here, but that would be. I mean, I can't imagine a better casting. Oh my god! Oh my for god. the central character of uh, the book. So you know, but hey, but let me also say, uh, John Boyega. He's been looking yeah, kind of really, really. Hungry now, so mm-hmm. I don't know. But these are the things that are happening without going into details. Mm-hmm. And uh, because you know, back when we were doing Infinite before, it was I was doing it on my own. It was before I had a deal. Yeah. But now I have a deal with Harper Collins, which mm-hmm. means this book is imminent. And so, oh, I'm. It's the pandemic is a bad thing. Uh, it's 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 forced us to have to reshape our behaviors, how we go outside, you know, you know, that whole thing of who's the parent. My parents are in the eighties, you know, yeah, they're right. the elders, so they're the ones who are in control. But now all of a sudden their children are getting on them. Nope, you can't go outside. Yeah, you right. can't do that. You gotta wear your mask. Yes. <laughs> and so those are the things that uh that's what's happening. Yeah. And um man, the the pandemic I mean, is the only bad thing for me that's come from this pandemic is that I need to get do better with my health. That is the thing I, that's really brought to life. But everything else, work, career, I can't complain. It's it's mm-hmm. been it's been good. All right, you know okay. it's been good. Well, um, uh, uh, Infinitum is uh, in the process of be- of heading toward the marketplace. Um, yeah, let's revisit um, Maddie's Rocket a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. For those who don't know or did or, or who haven't listened to more to come uh, episode three oh four, uh, you know, Maddie Rocket is the other project you have on the table. You self published mm-hmm. the first book. It's this extraordinary example of what we call retro afrofusion retro afrofuturism, uh, right. which essentially uh, is Putting the reality of black people's lives from the classic science fiction yarns of the 20s, 30s, and 40s, the Buck Rogers and the Flash Gordons, putting the realities of black life, the Jim Crow racism, back into the stories and putting the, and putting black people in the rocket ships. 
Uh, I'm going to stop talking in a minute, but I just love talking about that book. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm recording all of this because I'm going to forward it to my editor. I, I love talk, I, believe <laughs> me, I love talking about that book, and I think that this is another masterpiece that you have. Uh, you self-published it. I don't think the first book has reached even a fraction of its potential market. Uh, but we left off um, episode 304 talking about the last page of Mac, Maddie's Rocket and heading into yeah. book two and three. So um, that's my description of the book. So now I'm going to turn it over to you. Could you just bring our audience up to date about what the author thinks yeah. about this project? Um, and I'll stop gushing. Okay. Uh, and always, as as always, I have to make sure I reserve <laughs> scoops for your for your program. Cause I you've it. always been just incredibly incredibly gracious. So I I am actually adding about thirty pages of new content to Maddie's Rocket Book One. Oh, okay. That's, uh, that's yes, scoop. yes. There you go. There's the scoop. It, it, that's the <laughs> scoop. So uh, I'm adding 30 or so new pages to Maddie's Rocket Book One because ultimately uh, it's going to be reissued. Uh, I can't speak too closely about what's happening with it because obviously – I, I'm I'm no longer in the indie space, which is weird for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that Maddie will. It, it's going to be reissued. Good. I, yeah. I, that's all there, I really say. It's there are publishing possibilities yes. in the air. Yes, and okay. there, and it's real because the book is essentially done, mm-hmm. and Infinitum is coming out. Yeah. And and uh, you know me, I have no problem talking. Yeah. If anything, right? If it's anything, ideal I, for I publicity for you to have yes, a book out yes, as you're, you know, taking another one around to, you know, show it off. Exactamundo, sir. You are correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just uh, so I've done that, but since you know when you you know after you get t- you know you get done with feeling sorry for yourself, you're like okay, let's get up, brush yourselves off, and start working. You know, the pandemic is isn't gonna end life; it just changes it. So I have already, I did the breakdowns for Maddie's Rocket, probably book two, three, and four years ago, back uh-huh. when I was doing it as animation. Mm-hmm. So these drawings are already done. They're literally sitting here next to me, up two feet from me. Mm-hmm. And so it's the process now of doing books two and three at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because I'm a hybrid artist where I use 3D and 2D in my artwork, it's been, um, I'm physically building out the environments and the vehicles and all those things and doing my layout. And, um, uh, I'm hoping that I can have books two and three done physically by, um, by the time Infinitum comes out. That's the plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, let's be frank, we're not really going to be going anywhere. I know they're saying things are going to reopen, but yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. You know, and right now, like many artists, we kind of, I work out of home anyway. That's what I did. So this is nothing new to me except for the mask part. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's what I'm working on. I'm working on Maddie's Rocket 2 and 3, extending the story of Maddie Wadi and getting more into the, it's again, I go there tonight, you know, it was just my intention to be able to do something that my parents didn't get a chance to see when they were born and raised in the 30s and 40s and 50s of people who were their age as a YA book 
uh, but also, man, I want to be able to show what would it have looked like if black characters were present in Buck Rogers and Flash Gordon, mm. but within the black community. Yes. But now I can, I'm getting deeper into it and it's, it's, um, it's a lot of work. Mm. Uh, but I always put it like this. Infinitum hurt me. That one was hard to do. Mm-hmm. Maddie's Friday is a joy. Uh-huh. It's so mm-hmm. much easier. <laughs> if you could believe that, it's so much easier to do. Like, oh man, this is so much easier to do. You know, but, uh, that is what I'm working on. And, uh, I, like I say, Maddie won, uh, the reissue is, is probably done in another month. Mm-hmm. And, okay. uh, two and three, uh, God willing, please, 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 uh, the next six to eight months, I hope. Okay. Well, I think when I talked with you once before, you described um, Afrofuturism or, or your approach to Afrofuturism was putting black people in spaceships. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and in that regard, uh, in some ways, I've summed up, you know, to, to a certain extent, Maddie's Rocket. But but could you just give our audience a, a description of, of who Maddie uh, Dolores Wadi is, the, the, the yeah. central character? Yeah, Maddie Dolores Wadi uh, is a character who uh, I wanted to create a female, a black female character that uh, would exist in this kind of retro futurism or retro Afrofuturism environment that had Jim Crow. But the character would be very good at what she does, uh, based indirectly on the life of Bessie Coleman, the uh, one of the first black female uh, pilot. She was known for being an acrobatic pilot uh, and a little bit of uh, Harriet Tubman thrown in. Mm. And I wanted to do that story, but she's named after my great grandmother, whose name was Maddie White. All right. And that is the main character's name. And uh, her middle name, Dolores, is after my uh, late godmother, Myrna Dolores Bain. And I wanted to, to, to have her in there. And I wanted a character would be like my grandmother, like my mother, like my godmother, mm. who were these elegant women who would just, regardless of what was going on in their environment, they always had a certain way they carried themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's what I wanted to do with Maddie's Rocket and to still be able to have a little Frank Hampson, Dan Darish fun with the spaceships yeah. and the the rocket ships and the aliens that defy the, the physics of gravity and in, in, mm-hmm. in space. And that's what Maddie's rocket is. And, and the, your, the character is, uh, a, a black woman who is determined that she will be yes. a space pilot. Yes. She wants to create an interstellar shipping company. Yes. Uh, and this is all about the trials and tribulations, uh, that she goes through to do that. But the thing I've done, uh, taking homage to my love for film with uh, uh, Cicely Tyson, there's this thing of the, the life of Jane Pittman, Miss mm-hmm. Jane Pittman. And the story is told from three different time periods. It's when she's a little girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's when she's a, 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 a woman in her late 20s, mm-hmm. mid to late 20s. And then when she is an older woman uh, who is in her 60s and 70s. And I wanted to do that story because this was an anthropological exercise for me. There are people who are older and people who are younger who need to get this material, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And so the best way to do that is to 
cross storyline and time period. And uh, it is a unique way of telling a story uh, in comics, but it definitely has a, uh, well, maybe not that unique, but I wanted to employ it to really be able to cover as much material as I could and keep it entertaining and keep it fun. And that's one of the interesting things about the book is uh, people are like, well, what is it? You know, is it is it uh, an adult story? Is it is it YA? Is it middle grade? Because I use the technique of jumping over those time periods, Maddie's Rocket seems to appeal to people of all ages. Yes, uh, which is fascinating to me. Well, if I could just jump in and say that, yeah, I mean, very often books these days are, I mean, they're categorized as YA or whatever. Um, right. cause a publisher or in some ways it's useful for marketing and promotion, but really the storytelling, uh, that you're doing in Maddie's Rocket will appeal to everyone because you have brought together so many storytelling techniques here and grounded them. You've brought together the great tradition of science fiction writing and imagination and you, but you grounded it in your fabulous illustrational technique. Your ability Thank to kind you. of render, uh, and not in a stilted way. Your, your drawing, I mean, I mean, painted comics can be dead on the page, uh, mm-hmm. but yours are not. They are dynamic. Uh, wow. They wow. do what comics are supposed to do. They make your eyes pop, uh, but you're able to invest them with the deep humanity that rendered drawings can do. Rendered painting drawing, modeled drawings can do. So anyway, you know, I, I get off on these tangents where I have to gush about you, but um, because right. I know that people I, can't, I don't know what to say. Thank you. The people can't see the drawings when I'm talking about them, but they'll see them when they buy the doggone book. <laughs> but um, yeah, but Thank also, you. Thank and you we so much. Wow. and we talked about this on the other broadcast. The level of detail, research, and care that you bring into your designs, into your the designs of your characters into the overall environment of of science fiction architectural and product design the way you shape the future uh it's tangible <laughs> uh so that's it that's uh, all i just wanted to say uh, that <laughs> uh, yeah i i um whoa. i i you know, I'm a man of many words, but I, I guess I got nothing. That's and your words count too. I mean, because you're making because these books make the concerns of black people visible. You're, you're they're all working together in the way the comics do. That the way words and pictures work together seamlessly. So, um, uh, thank you, thank you so much. I so, wanted to do something that, um, you know, our stories are worth telling. And they don't have to be in one genre necessarily. They could be expanded outward. But man, we look good. Can you see our stories? And we look good. Oh, yeah. bad, but it'd be fully rendered. That's that's what I wanted to do. And thank you for saying what you've said. It, it lets me know that I'm on the right path. You're, you're on the right path. So look, we're, we're, I'm going to wind this down now. We've been talking for a while, but I'm curious: is there any work out there? Any stuff you, you mentioned a few things early that you've been reading? Um, you know, but by by black comics artists or anyone else that um, we should be paying attention to? 
Well, right now, uh, because I, you know, I've been getting collections of books. Uh, I don't buy floppies uh, mm-hmm. so much anymore, but mm-hmm. I've been seriously getting into Crescent City Monsters, mm-hmm. okay. uh, which is a beautiful looking book. Um, finally getting around to reading uh, Parables of the, of the Sower by uh, John Jennings, Damian Duffy. Yes, great. Um, yes, the, yeah, the ad- adaptation I, of been, the Octavia Butler novel. Absolutely. Uh, Bitterroot, uh, finally getting around to really getting it. I believe like bought the first one off of Comixology, but now I'm reading the collection, so those Great. guys are awesome. That's David Walker uh, and, and Sanford are, Green. That's David Walker and Sanford yeah, Green. And, and Chuck Brown. Yes, 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 absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're doing their thing. And also, uh, really, really, you know, there's this thread that we have uh, uh, on messaging. It's between myself. Uh, Stacy Robinson and John Jennings, and right now, uh, John is obviously a, a star in what he does, but really, really uh, impressed by what Stacy Robinson is doing. Don't sleep on that guy. No, not at all. He not is. All. He is. He is. Is he is a lot? Of, and that's the interesting thing: is a lot of people doing books, uh, but they're not out yet. Yeah. Uh, I think. I think you're going to have a busy. You know, you're going to have a busy next two years when it comes to black material really ascending to a, a space of of, of uh, mainstream visibility and acceptance. But that's not just necessarily superheroes. It, mm-hmm. yep. it, there's some stuff coming from colleagues. Um, uh, you know, I don't even know if I'm I, I don't really have permission to talk about them, but I sure. see them because of people who I deal with. And, oh my God! That's why I'm so glad I finished this. It's like I would not to come out three years from now. I yeah. want to come out like right around the period I'm coming out. Yeah. Well, and, it, it, uh, it, we, it's we, interesting. We've just seen an explosion in talent, and you know, people like Christine mm-hmm. Stewart Steens. Everybody knows her. She's done mm-hmm. some. She's mm-hmm. working. Mm-hmm. Um, her work, the the book Archival Quality that she did with Ivy Noel, um, uh, Bianca mm-hmm. uh, Eunice. I hope I'm saying her, her her name right. A young cartoonist who's really doing fabulous work. Uh, and there's mm-hmm. and there's more. Uh, shout out to Bill Campbell at Rosarium Publishers. Do you know Bill? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's, he's got yes, I know Bill. Yes. He's got a great. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I'm, uh, he's got a great book out. He's got a lot of good because he's a publisher as well as a writer. Um, mm-hmm. So we we are living in an amazing time. Not only is the category as a whole uh, flourishing uh, as um, uh, in the book trade, uh, and and more and more readers are are are, be, are discovering that hey, there's something in comics that I want to read. Um, but yeah. black comics creators uh, and marginalized. Uh, 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 people from marginalized communities across the board, be it black, mm-hmm. uh, women, uh, uh, trans, uh, you name it, they're great, creating great comics and they're getting them in front of readers. And we're living at, we're kind of living at the best possible time to, in, in my view, to be making comics now. I, I, I agree with this. I'll say this last thing with regards to that. 
it's also because, you know, hey, I'm not a young dude anymore. You know, <laughs> Me I'm neither. Guy, you know, <laughs> you know, and, you know, you, you know, it's one of those things where you see when they put up the list of who's vulnerable to COVID and you realize, oh, my God, I, I fit in the most vulnerable That's group. me. That, 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 <laughs> oh, you're like, oh, my God, I got to really be careful out there. You know, I'm not 20 and sexy anymore. But uh, <laughs> it's it, the thing I love about what's happening is not just, you know, United States, Western culture has always been a very – you know, at least over the last hundred years or so, very uh, youthful based culture. And now it's allowing the, the voices who have been around for many, many, many years who never got the opportunity to get their stuff out is allowing voices that are mature to get their voices out. Because right now it's just about content. The concern about who makes the con- content the, you know, the demographic mm-hmm. is not nearly as important as the quality of the content itself. Yeah. Uh, and just as you're mentioning, mentioning stems and, and people like that, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Whit Taylor is doing amazing yes, work. Wh- yes, Whit Taylor. And, uh, good good point. Joel Christian Gill, you know, you oh, see yes, yes, I, another person I've been into. Yeah. This, this is what's starting to happen. It's, it's starting to be an accumulation. I use that word, an accumulation of just voices from everywhere. Yeah. And I love that. I love it too. And you know what? And I think that's, this is a, this is a perfect um, point to kind of draw this to a close. Uh, but that, that, that just doesn't mean we're stopped talking for now. We're going to talk again mm-hmm. uh, as we get closer to the public publication date for infinitum. And uh, no, and believe me, I will be checking in with you from time to time because I'm nosy as hell about what's going on mm-hmm. with Maddie's rocket? Um, That's I, your job. That's it, job. It is my job nervous. to be nosy, uh, and I'm really, uh, I'm just really anxious to, for that book book to really get widespread uh, distribution so that more people can see it. Um, we will uh, see what happens. Interesting thing to put. All right. Well, Tim, look, thank you so much for being on More to Come again. Um, and you know, I'm a fan and, um, just thanks, man. And, and be safe. Thank you so much. And you have a wonderful and be safe, man. I'm going to try. I, 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 that's all I do. I, you know, I get up in the morning. I, you, I tell you, I, since I don't do anything, I get on a, the city bike, bike share and I ride around because mm-hmm. there's nobody in the streets mm-hmm. and, but I don't mm-hmm. have anywhere to go. So I just, mm-hmm. I just bike around for, for a half an hour and then I come back home. So there you go. go. I take a bike ride to nowhere, which I'm going to do, uh, actually when I'm finished talking with you. So anyway. All right. Excellent. All right. Tim, great to talk to you. Take care, man. Uh, you too. All right.